Hi, this is Tiffany and you are listening to Tea Stained Pages. So for this episode, I was actually hoping to do some poetry that I picked up at Sydney's Biennial and I thought it would be really cool to talk about the poems in relation to the artworks because the poems are really nicely written but also some of the poems were translated so it would have fit perfectly with the podcast. And it was funny, the day that I went out to the biennial, I also went out for dinner with friends and we had a few drinks. And on the way home, I was a little tipsy and I was telling my friend like, oh my god, I have my next episode, it's going to be poetry. And the next day, I sat down to go through and analyse the poems properly and then I realised I would have issues with copyright. So... Instead of poetry for this episode, I'm looking at Higashi no Keigo's The Name of the Game is a Kidnapping. It was published in 2002 and translated to English in 2017 by Jen Mitsuko Cash. The book cover is stunning. I actually came across the book while I was at the library and I picked it up without looking at the blurb. One, it was because of the cover. Two, the title sounded really interesting. And three, it was a Japanese author. Like, I did not think about it twice. I picked it up and I had no idea what it was about until I got home and opened the book itself. So Sakuma is a project leader at a PR firm and a womanizing bachelor. He's good looking, overconfident and rich, with the Japan Times describing him as an egotistic narcissist with a callous attitude towards females, which is the kind of man I'd avoid, to be honest. Katsuragi is Sakuma's major client who turns down his idea for a mini theme park filled with rage and a very, very damaged ego. Sakuma visits Katsuragi's residence, sees his daughter Judy sneaking out and follows her. And together they plan a kidnapping game. So Judy is Katsuragi's daughter who was born out of wedlock. And she's ostracized in her own home. So she wants $300 million from dad so that she can live her own life. And Sakuma joins her because he's just motivated by pure spite. His project idea got thrown out the window and he got thrown out with it. He's just spiteful. And he literally only takes $30,000 of the cash that he gets with Judy. Like they don't split a 50-50. He, he literally, his own motivation for this whole thing was spite and wanting to one-up Katsuragi in a game of wits. The tea for this episode, okay I really wanted to prescribe wine for it because it is all that jury asked for in the book but the tea for this book is a Japanese royal milk tea. It's what jury orders when they are shopping for a disguise for her and basically that's just Assam or Darjeeling tea brought to a rolling boil in a pot. Milk is then added in and just before it boils you remove from the heat and pour it into a cup. Sweeten with sugar or honey as you like. Personally, I feel like Juri would drink her milk tea sweet, partially because of her age, like she's quite young. And also that, also because of her personality. Not because she's sweet per se, no one in this book is likeable, straight up. But She's spoiled and she's a rich kid and I don't think she's ever tasted bitterness. So that's the tea. Keiko Higashino is one of the most popular mystery and thriller writers in Asia and he's often compared to James Patterson, which I kind of hate that you need, okay not kind of, like I hate that you need a western equivalent to compare him to, like 
Okay, this is a segue, but I often think about how Western canons are still widely studied and read in other countries, alongside their own celebrated writers, but you don't get that in most Western education systems. Like, I certainly didn't get it in high school. Most of the writers I studied were white Australians, English, or Americans, and one of the people of colour I managed to incorporate was true related text. Like, it was me actively going out, trying to find something with a different perspective and a different demographic to, like, work together with the text that are prescribed for me and I'm sure other countries have a well-established literature canon too like names you could drop to people and immediately people from like that country or that culture would recognize that name but because western canon takes up so much of our education and then in a way it's kind of the most accessible and easiest one for us to reach out for Like, we kind of remain in the dark about all these writers whose home is somewhere other than England or America. Like, other countries will translate English works fairly quickly, especially if they're on the bestseller list in America and England and, like, whatever Western English-speaking country there is. They'll translate those texts pretty quickly, actually, but we don't get that in the English market. But also in saying that, the publishing industry at the moment is also quite exciting because there are more books getting translated and there are more people of colour being published. So it's really nice to see that change too. But, you know, it's just the fact that I always have to, like, tell people, like, oh, this is his Western equivalent. It's kind of like, why can't I just say that? I guess it contextualises it for you, but I hate that it has to be a Western equivalent, you know? Like, why don't we compare them with, like, an Asian equivalent or a Middle Eastern equivalent or a Nordic equivalent, you know? Okay, back to the book. Higashino grew up in the ghettos of Osaka, and since he was lonely, he took to reading a lot of fiction. And before becoming a full-time writer, he worked as an engineer, and he wrote novels in the evening and on the weekends, and then he won a prize, and then that's what kick-started his career as a full-time writer. You didn't see it in this particular book, but while I was doing research, a lot of people said that you could see his background as an engineer come true in his other thrillers because he would draw on mathematical concepts for the heist and things like that. So I think that's really interesting. Higashino has sold millions of books with several of them being adapted into TV series and movies. I saw that one was adapted by the French, a few were picked up by the Koreans as well. Interestingly, the name of the game is Kidnapping was also adapted in 2020, so this year, into a web series by China. So if you're not in a reading mood, maybe that's an option. I haven't watched it though, so I can't tell you if there's any differences or if it's any good. Um, oh, there's also, ad- like, the name of the game is Kidnapping, is also adapted into a theatre production, so that's pretty cool too. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Higashino tells the reporter, some writers aim to move their readers, others want to write beautiful sentences. I want readers to be continually surprised by my ideas. And I think that quite fully encapsulates how Higashino writes or how I think Higashino writes because I have only read this book by him and I do want to pick up his other books actually. They also point out that the name of the game is a kidnapping isn't so much about catching the culprit because you know who the culprit is, it's Sakuma right from the beginning and you're following him as he tries to get away with this. And I think that's a really interesting perspective to have in a crime thriller novel because I don't think it's done very often. So I think it was a really interesting perspective because 
the viewpoint became not so much how do we catch this person it became how do i get away with this and the way a criminal thinks and they're trying to think one step ahead of the police right because they know the police is going to be after them so it's really interesting to see that thought process as well i think it's also really interesting to compare it to the honjin murders partially because that is the first japanese murder mystery that i read and you can start to see some themes that crop up in this genre like seishi yokomizo who wrote the honjin murders is well known for his detective stories in japan which is Pretty much the equivalent of Sherlock Holmes, and there we go back to like the comparison to Western canon. But anyways, and you can see how important family and loyalty is within both of these thrillers. And it's really interesting because both of them deal with this idea of saving face. Like, they'd rather commit a crime and cover it up in an attempt to save face, which might seem really extreme, but if you put it against the context of Japan's social rigidity and conformity, you can see why characters will resort to this. So in The Honjin Murders, they wanted to save face because the husband found out that the wife wasn't pure. And this novel was published in 1973. So it's an it's a older concept, but you can see where it comes in. And then for the name of the game is a kidnapping, it's obviously because... Sakuma got his project thrown out and fired as project leader, so he's just filled with spite. And I think it's kind of interesting as well, because for the Honjin murders, the murder was very, very carefully planned out and executed. And you can say the same thing for the name of the game as a kidnapping, so it's not just a spur-of-the-moment rage that leads to these, it's careful planning. In his interview with the Wall Street Journal, Higashina points out that it is common in Japanese crime fiction where feelings of loyalty and oppressive weight of human relations act as a classic catalyst for murder and dark packs between neighbours or co-workers to dispose of the bodies. And where's the body in the name of a game? Is it kidnapping, you ask? You'll have to read it to find out because if I tell you, I'll literally give away the twist at the end and I'm not doing that. I also think it's really interesting because Higashino also points out that Western crime novels are usually more focused on outcomes and consequences. So usually you only find out why the culprit murdered the victim at the end of the novel. But for Japanese ones, they're more concerned with motives. So Higashino states that he wanted to describe the characters' actions and intentions at the beginning so I could better portray their feelings of guilt and anguish. And... um. I don't think you see guilt and anguish as much in the name of the game as kidnapping because all of the... Okay, so like there's Sakuma, who's the kidnapper, Judy, who is the supposed victim, and Katsuragi, who is the person who's supposed to get his daughter back, right? What do you call those? I have no idea. Surely there's a term for them. But each of these three characters are using the other two for their own motives. Like... There is no power imbalance between these three. They are all equally manipulative and taking advantage of each other just so that they can get what they want out of each other. So you kind of get to the end of the novel and you're like, yeah, okay, of course. And you kind of, you don't feel particularly sorry or bad for any one person because at the end of the day, all of them got what they wanted and what they needed. Um, there was also an observation that mystery crime thrillers are often considered serious literary works in Japan instead of like um, casual entertainment like they often are perceived of in the West. 
And I thought that was really interesting because if you think about it, as an author writing a mystery crime or a thriller, you gotta put enough twists in that your readers are like caught off guard. But you gotta have you you must have dropped the hints for them along the way because I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were saying how like if a thriller if a thriller has a twist that came out of nowhere to them it indicates that the author hasn't dropped enough hints because you didn't see it at all however a good thriller you kind of know that oh there's something happening here but it gives you an option that you didn't think of and I think that's quite true true so if you look at it if you look at it from that perspective I think I can definitely see why crime thrillers are considered serious literary works in Japan. On to the book. There is a massive twist at the end of the book, and I think it's actually quite well laid out by Higashino. There was a lot of moments in the book where I thought like things were going a little too smoothly for Sakuma, and Katsuragi was a little too calm, so I expected a twist, but I didn't guess what it would be. And it's actually kind of interesting as well because a few reviews said that the name of the game is a kidnapping isn't as good as Higashino's other books, which I wouldn't know because this is the first book that I have read that's by him. But I'm also kind of happy about it because like if your expectations are set too high, you can't enjoy the book because you're constantly comparing it to what you've read before, right? But because I came at it with like zero idea about who Higashino was and what his other books are like, I just enjoyed the book as it was. And I know reviews said it didn't do as well as his other books, or it wasn't as clever, but it did everything I want a thriller to do, so I was happy with it. And it's also the first book I finished reading over the last three months with relative ease. Like, I finished reading The Cage Butterfly because I had a really tight deadline for it, and I knew I had to finish reading it before interviewing Marion L. Thomas, which was last episode. If you haven't heard that interview yet, you should go check it out. But, like, also during lockdown, I was so keen to just read, but I, I didn't. Like, I have three books that I started at the beginning of the pandemic, and I've made some progress with, but I just never got to the end of any of them, and they just sit next to my bed, like, props now, instead of books. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, Higashino was kind of the first book that broke that cycle for me. The characters in the name of the game, like I said before, aren't lovable. If anything, the characters of people are definitely the kind that I would stay far, far, far away from. Sakamura is smart, he's really intelligent, but there's this ruthlessness to him. Like, he's not mean per se, but he doesn't hesitate to use people to get what he wants out of them. And he looks down on other people. And Juri is also very very intelligent and also quite manipulative and she's kind of cold and dismissive of people as well and Katsuragi is cold like like there isn't a character that you empathize with but the plot was tightly woven so the fact that the characters were mostly unlikable was barely noticeable to me also, it's established at the very beginning of the book that Sakuma is a womanizer. Like, you're literally open to him waking up with a lady next to him in bed. And she brings up marriage, and he pretty much goes, 
oh no we're breaking up now and the whole conversation where she's talking about marriage and he saying like no we're breaking up he's doing his morning exercise like he doesn't give a shit that they're breaking up and he doesn't care that the woman might be hurt because to him it was like when we went into this relationship i very clearly told you that i'm only here for sex and i am not considering marriage at all so in some ways you could say that he did set up expectations very clearly at the beginning but at the same time he's very cold because he just keeps doing his morning workout while this lady is while he's breaking up with this lady and um it's really interesting as well because like when when sakuma first meets judy the whole time i'm thinking oh good lord if they start a sexual relationship i think i'm going to like be disgusted because i think sakuma's in his 30s and judy is a sophomore so i think you've been heard about i don't know what the american system is like i assuming like 20 21 for a sophomore but then later on you find out that she's actually younger than that she's probably like 17 18 and they do start a sexual relationship and this was something that i actually really struggled with because when they first started it i was like it's such a big age gap right but at the same time jury is so manipulative that it's hard to actually see who has the upper hand between sakuma and judy and i'm not saying it excuses sakuma from his actions but like the power dynamic actually isn't as great as what the age gap might indicate like i think i'd be so much more fed up with it if sakuma had all the power in the relationship and juji was just led along but the fact of the matter is was that juji wasn't just being led along if anything she was really manipulative towards sakuma and that made for a really like like i didn't like it but i could see why it was done kind of thing and I was just, yeah, it was just one of those things where I literally, I was like, because they didn't, they didn't get into a sexual relationship with each other for quite a while. And I was like, hmm, nice. And then they did. And I was like, ah, can't swear. Anyways, you know, oh, another thing that I didn't appreciate, the plot this was dropped 40 pages before the book ended. And it was big enough for me to like panic. Like 40 pages was not enough to like resolve that plot twist. And furthermore, it's a translated book. Like, if it was going to be resolved in a second book, I can't wait three years for the next novel to be translated. I mean, I can, but like, it's, you know, I don't want to wait three years for the next novel to be translated. And he resolved it. Higashira resolved it all in the end. But I remember, like, I was happily reading the book at uni while a friend was doing work. And then I read it on the bus home as well. And then I got to the twist and I was just like, I no, you you cannot you can't do this to me. And personally I thought the ending was quite rushed towards the end. A lot of people said that the novel had a slow start, but I didn't mind it so much because like after all, if you're playing a kidnapping game, right? You're going to be spending most of your time waiting around for the perfect time to catch your target off guard and then demand for three million dollars, right? So I didn't mind it as much, but the last forty pages was just Higashino having his foot on the accelerator and refusing to lift it up to even step on the brake temporarily. And like, he's driving on a downhill slope with the foot on an accelerator. And I was just like, oh, good lord. It was 
for me, it felt like a very rushed ending, personally. So that's the name of the game is a kidnapping. I don't think I gave anything away. So if you guys pick up the book, I'd be really curious to know if you were able to guess the ending and what you thought of the last 40 pages because I I don't think I ever read faster in the last like six months than those last 40 pages because I was just like, how the hell are you going to resolve this within 40 pages? He did. It was actually quite nicely and tightly wrapped up. It's just that I felt like he could have added an extra... 30 pages so it didn't feel so rushed you know so my favorite quote in this book is in the worst case i'd end up being accused of kidnapping you then how about you say it is a kidnapping so my socials are on facebook twitter and instagram at tstainedpod my facebook's still kind of dead but my twitter I am posting up opinions of books as I'm reading them. So if you want a little more of my thoughts as I was reading the name of the game as a kidnapping, you can find them on my Twitter. And currently, I am talking about my year of rest and relaxation because that's my current read at the moment. So if you ever want to know like more bookish thoughts from me and what I'm thinking as I'm reading my novels, follow the Twitter. And... My Instagram has pictures of the books themselves, obviously. So if you want tea on novels, tea stain pot, tea on novels, then my Twitter is the place for you. And it's also probably a really good place to like kind of get a feel of what the next podcast episode might be. So you should subscribe, leave a review, tell someone else who really likes reading books about me or someone who just likes books but doesn't like necessarily want to read them about me and thank you to red bean porridge for designing my cover and that's it from me from today so i'll see you in the next episode with another book bye